Want legendary service from a financial institution you can trust? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Internet shopping has led to the demise of many brick-and-mortar stores in recent years, and big-box department stores are closing down around the country. But there's still a place for the niche retailer in this highly specialized economy. What are they doing to battle the competitive threat posed by digital retail, and how do they attract and retain customers in this ever-changing marketplace? Michael Adler is the member of the fourth generation to run Adler's Jewelry, the exclusive jewelry and gift store founded by his great-grandfather, Coleman E. Adler. The store first opened in 1898 on Royal Street in the New Orleans French Quarter and quickly became the city's premier jewelry retailer. Today, Adler's has locations in Baton Rouge and Metairie, as well as its flagship store at 810 Canal Street in New Orleans, which has been in operation since 1902. Michael is the manager of the company and performs myriad duties across all the different stores. Michael, thanks for being here today. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, while Michael Adler is selling high-end jewelry, Michael Matthews sells top-of-the-line camping and outdoor equipment at his Baton Rouge store, The Backpacker. Like Adler's, it's also a family-owned business that Michael's father, Dale Matthews, opened in 1974. Some 43 years later, The Backpacker has expanded into Lafayette and sells everything from skis to backpacks to kayaks and all the gear needed to go along with it. Michael Matthews, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Okay, Michael Adler, I'm going to start with you. Adler's is more than a store. It's really a New Orleans institution, a beloved New Orleans institution. Much as we love them in New Orleans, they don't always do well here in Baton Rouge. Tell me about your experience opening in Baton Rouge and and when y'all decided to open here and and how you've done in the years since. Well, that's an interesting question because it goes back to the time of Katrina. Uh So we were actually, um, fortunately, in the in the latter stages of building a store in Baton Rouge when Katrina hit in 2005. Okay. And um, those were interesting times because we were closing temporarily in the New Orleans market. And um, with the hurricane, we, my entire family actually evacuated to Baton Rouge, lived here. We opened a temporary store in the yet to open town center for that Christmas season, had held some special events there and ultimately later that year opened permanently in the town center. But that store was already in the makings when that happened. It was just a big coincidence. Interesting. But, uh, has Baton Rouge embraced Adler's the way that New Orleans has? Well, again, another interesting question. You know, our roots in Baton Rouge go back generations also. Do they? And, and, uh, New, or- and uh, New Orleans being the, the, the home of our principal business, um, it was also a shopping mecca for many decades, and so we have many, many customers 
for generations in the Baton Rouge area because they go to New Orleans, have gone to New Orleans to shop for a long time. So we were opening here really to embrace and welcome a lot of the customers that we already had here. Interesting. Now you all are, are jewelry and, and gifts, a whole variety of, but what is your primary niche in this market? So we do a lot of things. We, would descri we describe ourselves as a full service manufacturing jeweler. Um, that includes, when we say full service, all of the service related things, whether it's appraisals and repairs and, um, uh, and also full line of gift and tabletop wedding registry. So that's the traditional full service jeweler. Okay. I want to talk some more about wedding registry. I think that's so interesting. But Michael Matthews, I want to bring you into the conversation. Your store is located really just down the street from Adler's. Uh -huh. And it's so much fun to go in there because I always feel like I'm in the mountains. <laughs> like I'm, I'm in Colorado or North Carolina or something. Clearly that's the, the feel that you're really going for. Yeah, we want to maintain that. I mean, when we opened the Lafayette store, we designed it very similarly because we knew how important that look and feel was to our customers to be able to put a kayak upright in <laughs> a 22-foot ceiling store and to um, be able to show off large displays uh, to show our gear. And so that's a big part of what we want to have. Now, I, I, I always think of y'all as, as being a winter store skiing and hiking mm -hmm. and that kind of gear. But I would imagine you have to do a lot of business with, with summer gear as well. So kayak fishing has been really popular the last decade. That's um, taken over the coast from um, New Orleans south. And so that's been very popular for our business on top of that paddle boarding. And a lot of brands that carry that. Um, we carry have started to open up more into spring products like swim trunks and uh, traveling to the mountains has become more and more popular in the summertime so we're getting more traffic on that so our summer business has become a lot more steady than it was 10 years ago tell me the story about your dad and what made him start this business back in 1974 <laughs> was there nobody else doing this in baton rouge was he just a frustrated mountain man that wished he was somewhere else no it's a kind of an interesting story so when he was in college at lsu he was working at the lsu union and they asked him he had never been skiing in his life they asked him to plan a ski trip okay. and um so when he was working there he planned a ski trip to red river and after he did that the first year he started doing it for all the fraternities and sororities following that and basically was doing the LSU ski trips leading into college when he was graduating. Of course, everybody was like, well, you're going to keep doing the ski trips, right? So he found himself doing ski trips out of college while he was working for 3M selling copy machines. And he was literally selling his own friends thermal underwear and scotch guard for their jeans. <laughs> and he realized there was a market for this kind of stuff. And he couldn't open a, a ski shop in Louisiana so we decided to make it an outdoor store that sold skis and we still do the ski trips today. That's fantastic. So, so y'all lead tours and trips and stuff. Yes we do. We still do ski trips and we still uh, the ski uh, the winter part of is a big part of our business uh, and it's something that separates us and gives us a, a way to connect with our customers is completely different than any experience you would have in a big box store or online. So, so. I, I, we were talking about internet competition. I want to get into that for a minute, but, but there's a lot of brick and mortar competition more for you, Michael Matthews, than there was a, a few years ago. And for you, Michael Adler, I mean, there were already well-established jewelry retailers here in Baton Rouge with old family names. There were some other New Orleans ones that moved up here besides y'all. How do you distinguish yourself um, from among the competition? Well, in our industry, sort of the one of the keys to success is personal selling and personal relationships. So it really 
it's not that you ignore the competition, is, is that if our people, our salespeople and our, the leaders of our store just focus on one person at a time and being that person's guide, much in, in the way that, that Michael's business does, is if, they, if you can build a trusting relationship with that person, you will earn their business and hopefully you'll earn the business of their family and their friends and you build on that. Mm -hmm. So it's not that, the, you know, it, if you look at the whole market, there's enough business for everybody, and, but, but I don't know that there's somebody that can prevent you from making a good relationship from the, with the person in front of you. So we don't really look at it like there's a, it's a finite pie. That, that we're all going to split up this same pie. We, I think that if we do our job well, we will earn our living um, in the markets where we commit, make that commitment and make that investment. So do you train your salespeople to sell that way? Absolutely. In fact, yeah. uh, you know, the, uh, I'm, I actually do the recruiting uh, training, salesperson supervising for the stores, and I would say that relationship building is the primary focus of the sales training today. It's, you know, there's a lot of information out there on the internet today, much more than say 20, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. People will come into through your doors with a lot more information than they used to. Our salespeople are all very knowledgeable and they all have plenty of that training, but the focus really is on the, the personal relationship development. Do y'all have the problem, and it, it might be more prevalent at the backpacker, for instance, where people will come in and shop, they want to touch the product, they want to see it, they want to try it on, and then they go home and buy it on Amazon? Yeah, I mean, Amazon, luckily our products are very limited distribution directly on Amazon. Now there's alternatives to them on Amazon, but a lot of our name brands try and avoid their people, Doing their products that? being allowed to be put on the Amazon marketplace. But as far as buying online, we try and make sure that every customer knows before they walk out the door if they have expressed interest in their product that we guarantee the, the lowest price or match price, if, that, if not that, and we give them the customer service to go along with it. So ideally, if, there's, if, they're, shop, if they're price shopping, they have a reason to purchase it with us. Do you find that a lot? Do people come in and bring you a, a screenshot of something that they found online for $20 less? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, it comes up a lot of times what ends up happening is they either when you go to add to cart, it's an item that's discontinued that they don't have their size in. And so you run into these problems where sure, when they print it out, it looks good. But when they actually go to add the <laughs> right. cart, it's either a discontinued color or it's a discontinued uh, style that doesn't have their size in it. So um, our, our, our manufacturers are very protective of price. Mm -hmm. um, and they have map policies in place to um, keep the, keep it an even playing sure. field, and the um, and therefore when it's typically off price is typically probably an old season. Old what product. what about for y'all at Adler's, Michael Adler? Um, it's a mixed bag. There's you know we are in a lot of product categories, and so um, just like Michael was talking about, we have some vendors that we represent. We are a dealer and they protect the, both their map pricing or their distribution online. Uh, we also, as part of our core strategy in a manufacturing jewelry situation is that we develop a lot of product for our marketplace and for our customers so on which there's no competition online because it's our own product. So like uniquely developed in New Orleans. Or right. You might commission an, a designer to. We have in-house full-time designers. Wow. Uh, and we develop product all the time in really all of our categories, whether that's tabletop, giftware, uh, jewelry, fine jewelry, or fashion jewelry. We have lots of lines of our own product. In fact, 
uh, we're um, moving fast in the direction of not only having our own developed product, but our own house brands. Really? Yeah, so, you know, today in, the, in, in our business, if you go and shop the marketplace, what we would describe that you'll find in some stores is what I'd describe as a duty-free shop. You walk in and it's just brand after brand after brand, mm -hmm. and there's no nothing that's actually made by the house or um, uh, you know developed for right. that marketplace. But if you come into Adler's, you'll find uh, Christy Cali, which is a local New Orleans jewelry designer who designs for our marketplace, presented to you just as you would see a David Yerman presented in another store. Sure. Uh, or the cobblestone collection designed by my father. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to Michael Adler of Adler's and Michael Matthews of The Backpacker. How then do you market this and promote it, get the word out to people who may not know? And, and how do you create that cachet around Christy Cali or Cobblestone? So that people say, oh, I want that name because yeah. brand is all yeah, about well, image, you know. Again, you've asked a very big question because brand building is a, is a science around which uh, business people write books. Uh, and so the, the, the strategy is to create brand awareness, to create uh, value points, uh, selling points within the brand, and uh, to connect with people so that they understand what that brand means. Um, it's a big job. And so what are you all doing in-house to do? Is it online marketing? Is it... Well, today social media, you know, the, 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 the advertising touch points for people are electronic, which traditionally means television and radio. It's print, which is newspapers and magazines. It's outdoor, which is billboards. And then it's also social media today, which is a big component. Mm -hmm. So we do all of those for every what, brand. What about the backpacker, Michael Matthews? Um... As far as advertising, yes. we've found a lot of success on social media. We've moved a lot to that, a lot of our ad dollars to those platforms because we're able to target the specific customers given on the specific need. And carrying a brand story, like he said, is really important mm -hmm. on Instagram and these things where you develop followers who really want, you know, you want them to see a common theme across your, your brand platform. So being able to communicate with our customers directly that way is really important. Email marketing is another really important factor of where we see successes in being able to communicate with our repeat customers. Um, however, the um, traditional media, it's harder to gauge the success of um, some of the ads unless you put something like a coupon in there, mm -hmm. which is a dangerous road to travel on because you're, it's not a true reflection of the effectiveness of your advertising because you're, you're putting a you're cheapening your brand and you're cheapening your product. Right. You're cheapening the value of your of your assortment by trying to. It's not a true reflection of how that ad works. So Whereas you can see that a little a lot better on electronic advertising. What about online stores? I mean, you can order any of your products online. Do you all have thriving online businesses? We do have a thr thriving online business, and uh, therefore, you know, when p this conversation. Um, is typically framed in, you know, what are you doing about competing with online? And, and I think that today the conversation is, you know, what is the merger of your online and your bricks and mortar stores? Because I think that we all have online stores that are a component of what we do. Uh, I would say in an, in an ideal world, mm -hmm. you would want your online presence to be as close to a mirror of your in-store experience as possible. But it, we are in a complicated 
business in a complicated world and a, and a lot of product categories. Yeah. So um, some things are not possible. We have brands that, that, that don't want us to represent them in online uh, presence. So, really? So, so you have to manage because that. Because they feel like they're too high end and they want the customer to have the in-person experience? No, because some brands don't want their product to be sold in e-commerce. Okay. So it's At only all. a physical, yeah. They right. want the customers to come into the stores, mm -hmm. which I understand. That allows you to, gives you the opportunity to provide the service that you want to provide, which separates you from a lot of your competition. What percentage of your sales is online versus in-store? Ours tracks the marketplace from all the statistics that we read, which is that even though, though it's growing and it's growing nicely, um, in the in the gift and jewelry industry, online sales are between eight and ten percent of your total business. Is that all? Yeah. Okay. What about with the backpacker? Um, our online store has been growing, and we um, one of the biggest, one of the most fascinating things we've found about it is that about half of our orders, maybe a little less than half, end up being a lot of in-store pickups, or we even ship to neighborhoods within our own zip code. Really? And so it, we found that to be very um, important that we have our website and as a representation, like he said, a mirror image of your store so that our, your customers, because they are looking online mm -hmm. even before they come to you. Even if, you're, even if they don't intend to purchase online, they do intend to, they do want to see you online. They want to see your product mix. They want to see what your business is all about. And they want that information available to them at the touch of their fingertips. But we either, we have a lot of in-state orders and we have a lot of in-town orders, both in Baton Rouge and Lafayette, which is all, which shocked me when we started doing a lot of this. It, it's like, we're shipping something <laughs> two blocks block away. To yeah, literally, literally, I've shipped I something to Bacaj. I've had... We had an order for a Yolo bike to Walden one day, and I was like, "Just get in the truck and take it over there. Don't, don't ship it." No question. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to Michael Adler of Adlers and Michael Matthews of the Backpacker. Y'all are both in business with family, and that presents its own set of challenges and and probably its own benefits as well. Um, did you have any choice about following in your family footsteps, Michael Adler, for instance? And how is it working? so closely with your dad and your sister and, mm -hmm. and others? Well, um, so my story is this. Of course I had a choice. In fact, I, uh, after college, went to law school. I practiced law full-time for 10 years. I was the family's lawyer, but I was not working in the business full-time every day. And then at, at, at some point I pursued a business opportunity which led me to change my status with my law firm. I went of counsel, although I still practice law. Uh, I only do it uh, part-time, and um, I was in business for several years and then sort of moved back into the family business when an opportunity presented itself, which has been a great joy for me. Again, I, was, I didn't, although I, I worked at the, at the store when I was young, mm -hmm. I spent basically a full adult career away from the business. I had that opportunity to long for it to some extent and to, to go back into the business certainly by choice. That's so good because yeah. you probably wouldn't have felt that way if you had had to go in right after college, right, for instance. Right, So, and everybody's story and experience is different, but that's mine, and so it's been a joy and you know, to see my family every day after having been away from it for so long. And, um, and you all have a good working relationship. I'm sure you wouldn't tell me otherwise, but how do you, <laughs> but how do you um, keep from you know, letting sometimes family tensions get in the way of what needs to be a cold, hard, rational business decision? 
So um, I guess the way I would answer that question is that, and again, I can only answer from uh, my situation, which is that um, my generation of my family's business is really kind of blessed with people that have um, different aspects of, to which they contribute to the business. So in other words, you know, I am a lawyer, administrator, sort of on the management side. I have a brother who has... Uh, through his career made himself really a jeweler's jeweler and an expert in certain spheres of our business and at the same time my sister has has done the same self th same thing for her with regard to her integration into um, the lives of our customers and uh, really being one of the figureheads of our business everybody's contributing in a different way and uh, as long as you know certainly there's not always a hundred percent agreement but as long as everybody uh, treats one another with, with professionalism and respect, the business moves forward mm -hmm. in a positive way. What about you, Michael Matthews? Um, Did you have a choice or it seemed like the yeah, natural I, course of? I had a choice. I was definitely um, encouraged to make sure that I knew that this is what I wanted to do. I was the youngest of three, or still am the youngest of three, and neither one of my siblings were interested in the really? business at all. And so when um, I was getting towards the end of college, I was actually working at Shaw Group, um, and, I had a, and I had a great opportunity there of working in, a, in, a, in an office that I really enjoyed. And um, my dad had an opportunity to sell this, and I had been working full-time with the backpacker as well in college, uh, doing ski trips and planning some other things along with it and doing inventory. And so I'd learned a, a good bit about business, but he had, an he had an opportunity to sell, and it was kind of like, well, if you want to, get involved now or never because he was ready to retire and so he retired a year after I bought it and um, I was 24 running the wow. store by myself <laughs> and opening another store and so it was uh it was it was an exciting it was a time. good learning experience at that home huh? oh yeah it's been a very interesting learning and experience. how is y'all's Lafayette store doing Lafayette uh, you know had a great run and it's still doing what I would say where we want it where we would always want to be but it's not doing as well as we would we want it to with the economy over there. Probably because of the downturn with exactly. the oil, right? So, but we're starting to see, you know, hopefully a, a turning of the corner. I think we're starting to see over there, but we have no in, in, intent on exiting the market because mm -hmm. it is a great market, and we uh, really have a uh, great clientele over there. So. And, and Michael Adler, you all um, just are getting ready to close your Metairie store in Lakeside Shopping Center but open a new one just down the street. Yeah, so after, after something like 37 years, so basically um, just about my whole life, we've been in Lakeside Shopping Center, and it's been a great place to be and to, to see our customers for decades now. Um, but because of a variety of factors and an opportunity, we closed that store and are open at Trader Joe's Center on Veterans Highway, just two blocks away. So we're really servicing the same customers, the same marketplace but with a brand new store, which we're very excited about. Very good. We were talking about the family business, and, and I was interested. I, I got y'all off track, but do you think your children will want to join the family business? Are they already working with y'all? You're your teenagers. I don't know if you have kids, Michael Matthews. But yeah, nine and five. So, so they're little. Yeah, so nine, it's too early to say. right now. <laughs> well, I think that uh, that will be up to them, like yeah. it's been up to all of us. Uh, and um, they've been exposed to it. And uh, my older boys have worked there some, 
um, and they're just getting ready. My, my oldest is first year is a freshman in college, and my next oldest is a senior in high school. So I think the next five to six years will tell whether they're expressing an interest in it. I think that my responsibility as a parent is to expose them to it, give them the opportunity. I think what happens when, if you look at somebody who's in their family business today and you rewind the clock and you, and you say, what were they doing when they were 15? They were at least getting exposed to their family's business. Right. Um, and so I think that's my responsibility and then to let them make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. Speaking of five or six years from now, where do you see your respective businesses heading? Ask me first. Sure, Michael Matthews. Um, I would probably say that we we see ourselves um, continuing to look for new opportunities. We continue to see ourselves to try and evolve electronically in the sense of um, better email marketing, having new new and different experiences that separate us from the co competitors online. That really, eventually, all these guys who have pictures on their website are all going to look the same. They already kind of do. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that we're continuing to separate ourselves and um, and making sure that if there are new opportunities in the state or in the region that we're, we're taking care of that. Like for a brick or m for another brick Correct. and mortar. Yeah. What about Adler's? I think that we're on a good track. We're in the middle of a big step now with a brand new store. And uh, so five years to from now, I hope that we have, um, you know, built that you know, preserved all our business in that market and built on that market. And we're always looking for new opportunities, but I think that, that like Michael said, the focus right now is to make sure that your um, your digital infrastructure is uh, is what it needs to be uh, with, so that the touches that you get with your consumers in, in the online world, both social media and your web page, are consistent with your brand and your brand image. So I'd say that that's the biggest thing that we talk about and work on work on with yeah. regard to where we're going to be five years in in that world and i think that's uh I, i'd like to think that in five years that we're very close to um uh, a brand experience that all of our consumers hold as dear as they have held the uh, tr the institutional relationship with with our store for the decades yeah. past well, Michael Adler and Michael Matthews, I know it takes a special kind of knowledge and dedication to get up every day and continue a family legacy of selling and serving a local community, but people appreciate it, and it's been great hearing the secrets behind your success. So thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Michael Adler of Adler's and Michael Matthews of The Backpacker. You can find out more about Adler's and The Backpacker by following the links on our website, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. All the music on Out to Lunch is composed and performed by Mitchell Foreman. You can find more of Mitchell's music wherever great jazz is streamed or sold and at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our website, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. 
Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. Want legendary service from a financial institution you can trust? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Thank you.